Hi there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. So in this episode, we have the pleasure of interviewing Mary, who's actually from uh, Canada, and she's going to be traveling around the U.S. Uh, in a RV, camper van. Uh, and uh, we're going to be hearing a little bit about her backstory, why she decided to go on this epic adventure. And this episode is a little bit different than the typical episodes because most of the episodes have been people who have already left. They're on the road. They're trying to figure things out while they're on the road. Uh, but we decided to do this before and after a series with Mary just because I think it will be good for the sake of the listeners who are maybe wanting to do it someday to hear about the preparation stages. And then, uh, you know, in a couple of months, we're actually going to do it after with Mary uh, when she's on the road at uh, some RV park hotel somewhere in the U.S. So stay tuned for that episode. But uh, for this one, we're going to get to know Mary a little bit better. So maybe uh, you can share a little bit about yourself and your backstory and why you decided to uh, go on this epic adventure. Okay. So I'm actually from the U.S. originally. Uh, I moved to Canada 14 years, 14 years ago with my husband. He's from Canada. And I agreed when I moved here to live here for about five years. <laughs> 14 years later, I'm like, okay, I love Canada. It's great, but I'm a little ready to go somewhere else. So um, we did a lot of traveling early on in our marriage and then we had kids and then it was kind of like we started just going to all inclusives in Mexico and got very boring and then a few years ago we decided you know what this is expensive and we're not really getting that much out of it so we took my son who's nine now he probably would have been six at the time to Bali he loved it I fell back in love with it and he and I tried to talk our husband into quitting everything selling everything and moving to Bali well, my husband really loves his job. He's an engineer. I'm an engineer by de uh, degree and worked there uh, as an engineer for years. And we couldn't talk him into it. So we've spent the last few years trying to talk him into it and trying to find a way. Finally this year, he said, enough. I'm not quitting my job right now. <laughs> but if you and Evan want to go on the road, go for it. So I have to admit, I'm a little lucky in that I have a nice safety net at home who sends money occasionally. But I do work uh, in the digital world as a blog owner. And so I'm going to keep doing that on the road. So uh, that's pretty uh, interesting backstory, too, because uh, typically uh, one parent wants to go and another parent doesn't want to go. But usually one parent can convince the other to go. And uh, just a quick backstory here. I was the one who was the more adventurous one, and my wife uh, wanted more of the stability and security. And uh, she decided to follow me on this epic adventure we're on. Uh, so every family is different. Sometimes it's the the wife who wants to travel, sometimes the husband who wants to stay, sometimes it's both that want to travel, sometimes it's both that want to stay, uh, and vice versa. So it's very interesting, your uh, perspective here, but you're going to be going alone with your son and the dog. Yes. My husband will, will come visit us every few months. We've already kind of planned that out for the first part of our trip. He's going to join us in Zion National Park in Utah, and then he's going to join us in Pensacola. My family is there uh, for Thanksgiving, U.S. Thanksgiving, so he's going to fly in and join us there. So we're kind of making sure that he gets to enjoy some of it, but he still gets to stay home and work, which seems so <laughs> lame to me, but he seems to want to do it. <laughs> 
And you never know what would happen because uh, when you go traveling and you start sending pictures and videos and write blog posts and he sees all the social media postings, he might just be inclined to join you for a little bit longer than the here and by the little mini vacations, right? Totally. And the reason we chose the US is because though I do want to go overseas and do more of a world schooling approach, this seems like a good compromise for right now instead of going and living, say, in Asia for six months where it would be much harder for him to join us along. So this is kind of a stepping stone, hopefully, to doing that more full time. Absolutely. So uh, tell us a little bit about the stages of preparation now. So uh, when did you make the decision uh, uh, to actually leave? Uh, and then also, what have you been doing to prepare yourself? And then when are you actually going to leave? Okay. So as I told you, I've been talking about this for years, but mm -hmm. it was actually a date night a few months ago, and we were sitting there. We were we went for Ethiopian food, which was the first time I'd ever had it, and we're sitting there eating with our hands and talking about, oh, this is really cool, and you know, we enjoy uh, enjoying other cultures and all this stuff. And I was like, well, you know, if we traveled full time, we would get to do this more often. And my husband said, well, you know, you and Evan can go. And I said, okay, and then I determined that I needed to book everything as fast as possible before he changed his mind. <laughs> so I started looking online for a trailer because I kind of knew that that's what we would be doing to RV in the US. So I started looking online, fell in love with this little reissue that's kind of very, um, it looks very retro, but it's got all the new bells and whistles. So we purchased that. And I started going down the path of figuring out what I needed to do to homeschool my son, who's nine. So I've been, um, I'm actually really lucky. Here in Calgary, the uh, Board of Education has a homeschooling program. So you can actually stay within the school board while homeschooling your child. So I'll have a, uh, a teacher um, facilitator that will go over my learning plan and what we plan to do. And I'll be able to hook back with them during the year. So that's kind of been my focus right now because that I need to do all that before they are finished with school for the year. So it's kind of got a timeline on it. And um, so I'm doing that. I'm also making all the appointments that I need to make to make sure that we're all healthy and uh, have new glasses and the dog has all its vaccinations before we decide to leave because definitely easier to do that in your home country than it is when you leave. Um, the thing that's kind of a head scratcher for me that I am looking forward to see what other digital nomads do is the internet thing. Like mm -hmm. Asia is amazing. There is internet everywhere. The US, not so much. <laughs> so there are big spots where we're gonna go, especially because we're wanting to go to national parks and those kind of things where there's not really data. So I'm having to wrap my head around what is my work life gonna look like knowing that there may not be data where I'm going to be at any given time. And also what is my school uh, teaching life going to look like and how do we fit both of those in, but also be able to do all the sightseeing that we want to see, which is kind of why we're doing the trip. Especially the first leg, we're going to be doing more fast travel than slow travel. So it's going to be important to kind of figure out what our days are going to look like and balance all of that out so that we fit it all in. Yeah, I mean, the great question about the internet, um, you know, a lot of people say that how good is the internet or uh, how good is, how strong is the Wi-Fi? And the answer is uh, it's never good enough and it's never fast enough, no matter where you're in the world, whether you're in the co-working spaces, whether you're, there, you're in the hotel rooms, whether you're using roaming, 
you can always get better internet. And uh, that's definitely a struggle as a digital nomad. Um, I, I typically am working from my hotels uh, or guest houses, hostels, Airbnbs. Uh, I know a lot of digital nomads, they work out of co-working spaces. So pretty much scattered around the US and uh, you know, in uh, the digital nomad hotspots such as Bali, Chiang Mai, uh, Medellin, Marrakesh, they definitely have uh, co-working kind of spaces. In terms of your question about in uh, more remote areas, uh, I think that's a tough one because uh, they might not be signal. So, for example, I was just in Amazon a few weeks ago, and I actually I had to live without internet or electricity for three days while we were in the jungle. We were uh, uh, sleeping in hammocks, and we had no electricity, no running water. We had to pour all of our stuff in. Uh, so it was actually a refresher to be in nature and not be connected to the internet, to email, to social media, to my blog, to the outside <laughs> world. And it's actually a good thing to de-plug or to unplug, unplug and detach. Um, there are things like Rome like home. I think Rogers has that. Uh, and I think a few of the, the in, uh, we're speaking from a Canadian's perspective here, but there's mm -hmm. Bell and Rogers and TELUS in Canada. And I'm sure there's the equivalent in the US and beyond where uh, you can roam, you kind of set it up uh, before you go. So you don't get charged the crazy roaming charges, but you pay, I think uh, with the Canadian providers, it's like 10 dollars per day to have a, a roaming while you're on the road uh, some other people do something called po pocket Wi-Fi so it's basically a Wi-Fi device that you carry in your pocket and you pay, pretty much have internet on the go and you just pay for the device and you pay for a monthly fee to have internet uh, if you really need it uh, if you don't have Wi-Fi if you don't have any internet cafes or uh, there's, there's almost no such thing as internet cafes nowadays with with Wi-Fi being at a regular cafe or restaurant but uh, a pocket Wi-Fi, they call it pocket Wi-Fi or internet on the go. That's another solution. So um, stick, some people call it a stick, like USB stick where, where that has internet on it. Well, it's funny because my family is from Alabama. So when I go visit there, I tend to have to unplug because none of my family has wireless <laughs> and most of the restaurants don't and there's no Starbucks. And so it's just kind of, uh, it's kind of crazy because it, to me, it's weird because it seems like it's in the middle of the U.S. and it should have, I mean, it should have it, but it doesn't. So I, I've, I've got to figure out some things, but I'm sure it'll be fine. So tell us about how your son feels because they're usually as parents, especially if they're underaged uh, minors, we usually make the decisions for them. And then uh, we just hope that they'll like it. We figure out a way to make them happy. But uh, because your son is a little bit older, tell us a little bit about uh, how, uh, what he's thinking about the, this journey. Well, it was interesting because a few, just a few years ago, he was all in. He was ready to go. He wanted to move to Bali and never come back. Unfortunately, as you know, they change over time. So when I first brought this up, Evan was like, I don't know, Mom. I kind of like my friends. He's at an all-boys school right now that he really likes. We had some... He has ADHD and we had some issues with our first school and we changed to an all boys program and he has like thrived in this environment. So when I brought it up, he was a little not sure, but he's also in a year where he would have had to change teachers anyway, cause he had the same teacher for two years and he would have. So the good thing is, is I saw that transition point, which he has a little bit of a trouble with anyway. And I said, well, you know, you would have a new teacher anyway. So many things would be changing. It's a perfect time for us to go do this. And he was still not sure until we bought the camper. 
and he loves mm. camping and we had we used to do it a long time ago and then we kind of stopped and he's missed it a lot so once i told him that we were going camping in the u.s he was all in he's like hot dogs and s'mores i'm in so he's pretty excited about it he also really likes he's one of these guys that um comes home and says mom do you know that I learned blah, 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 blah today? He loves those facts and then he wants to dig in and get more. And so I've kind of played that up a lot and said, hey, you know, if we were homeschooling, if you want to know more about that, we could totally change gears today and we could do an entire unit on that thing that you're really interested in today. And so he's kind of excited about that part. And he's also excited about seeing my home country because he hasn't really seen much of the U.S apart from Alabama and Florida when we go visit family. So I'm glad he's on board, uh, especially after buying the camper van. And I'm really curious about RV travel. I haven't done a, a lot of it myself. So uh, in terms of purchasing your RV, there's obviously a whole bunch of different options. Uh, mm -hmm. So what made you choose? Uh, what are the options? Uh, maybe give us an overview. And what made you uh, come up with the right one for you? Well, we, I kind of went back and forth a bit. We did look at a camper van option. The thing is, people don't really make camper vans that much anymore. Back in the 60s to the 80s, there were these camper vans, like the VW vans and different things, and there were tons of them. But unfortunately, now they mostly make ones that are huge. They're like $100,000, and they're super expensive and not really in our budget. So my husband was not really that thrilled about sending me to the U.S. for an extended driving travel trip in a 1964 Volkswagen van. He said that I would have to have a separate uh, car full of mechanics tra trailing along after me to keep me going. And he wasn't really okay with that from a safety perspective. So instead, I have a car that will pull a trailer. So we looked at where, what the travel um, trailer uh, towing ability was and decided to fit within that. I'm also, I was never the one that really pulled the trailer when we um, camped before. So I wanted something that was small enough that I felt comfortable. So that's one of the things. I'm doing enough expanding my horizons in other ways. I didn't really want to have to expand my ability to pull a gigantic trailer down the road. So I decided to go something really small. And I will admit, I can sometimes be very, um, I can just jump. When I saw the trailer that I have, it's a remake of a 1967, I think, Shasta. So they remade them to look like the old trailer, but with new things. So it has a bathroom and a stove and all those things that they might not have had back then. And when I saw it, I fell in love with it. And that was the one I had to have. So we'll see. I may regret that decision. Um, as far as what's available, Basically, the only things that you that inhibit what you can do in an RV is what your tr truck will pull and how much money you want to spend. You can spend as much money as you're willing to throw at it. Uh, I've seen lots of people. I'm part of the uh, full-time families group, which is a group of people who actually live in their RVs full-time, like whole families. And some of those, they have six kids or more, and they're all living in an RV, and they pull it around, and like they make it work. I mean, you can get ones that have four, five, six bunks. So you can do as big or as small as you want. It just depends on your budget.
Uh, yeah, so there's definitely a whole bunch of options, and I saw the picture of your particular one you chose, and it looks like a fun little ride uh, that's lightweight, and uh, it's going to be a fun journey for your your dog as well. Um, so in terms of preparation, uh, the other stuff you have to figure out is where to go, uh, because as you mentioned, you live in Calgary, Alberta, uh, Canada, which for those of you who don't know, it's on the west coast of the, the of uh, Canada, not as far as uh, where I'm from, Vancouver, BC, Canada, but uh, just the next province over. Um, mm -hmm. So where are you planning to go? Uh, I take it it's for a year, so uh, can you outline your general route? So um, I've found there's a website called roadtrippers.com and it is super cool. It is, it'll make you want to go on a road trip. So if you're not planning on it, don't look at it because you will be planning a road trip somewhere just to be able to use it. Um, you can put where you start and end and then it'll tell you all the points of interest along your route. And if you want to go somewhere, you just click on it and it sucks your route over to it. So I knew that when I left that I needed to go to Pensacola by uh, US Thanksgiving. So I kind of put those two dots in and then just went from there and I, you can tell it how far away from your route and I just put it on unlimited and just kind of figured out where I wanted to go. So we're going to go, well, let me also say this. I didn't think I was going to leave until October. Uh, I may leave a little bit earlier now because I've had some things change, but with leaving in October, I was a little bit afraid of snow and my trailer or my car like I didn't want to have to put snow tires on because then that would I would have to change them and carry them and it was just going to be a really head a big headache so what I decided to do was try to get as south as fast as I could because I didn't want to get caught in snow so we would leave from Calgary go to Montana stay a day or two keep going down through Idaho and into Utah and there's a few places I'm going to stop in Utah and then we're going to um Zion National Park and my husband's gonna meet us there then one of the places my son really wants to go is um, Grand Canyon so we're gonna go from Zion to Grand Canyon and then I've heard that the arches are really nice I've asked my community tons about where I should go I, I ask people I don't always take everything that they say but if it's within the thing and somebody's told me that it's really cool well then I'm gonna fit that in because we have lots of time right so then we're going to go to Arches and Moab, and then we're going to go to White Sands. So we're kind of just going down. We're going to Mesa Verde as well, which is a place I went as a probably about the same age as my son. And it was amazing. So I want to share that with him as, as somewhere that I've been before. And then we'll go through New Mexico and kind of go across. Now, I lived in Texas before I moved to um, Calgary, and Evan's been there a few times. So we're kind of skipping the great state of Texas <laughs> because there's a lot of nothing in between anything interesting. So I've tried to make sure that we can travel not a ton of hours for driving. I don't want to be driving eight to 10 hours a day. I want to be driving two, maybe four max, right? So I've kind of tried to make it where though we're fast traveling, we can stay two days in each spot and only drive a few hours in between. That way we can fit in work, we can fit in school, and still have time to see things. We're also gonna be staying, I'm not gonna be a boondocker, I'm not gonna be staying off grid, we're gonna be staying in campsites. I've got two reasons I wanna do that. One is safety, because mm -hmm. I just feel like it's nice to be able to check in with somebody who expects you to be back. And especially since I'm traveling by myself with my son. 
And also we want full hookups because I have a dog. He's a little tiny dog. I can take him most places, but sometimes I'm going to need to leave him back in the trailer with the AC on while we go and explore. So those are kind of my two things that I've looked at across the way. So we won't be roughing it as much as some people do, but it'll still be a big change because we're going from a 2,700 square foot house to a seven foot by 16 foot trailer. <laughs> it's gonna be a big difference. Absolutely, I mean, just the fact that you're leaving uh, safety and security to journey across the US is, the, is gonna be the big change. And obviously the, I guess the, the size of where you're gonna be staying is also gonna be changing and your mindset your heart, your soul, your spirit, everything's going to change. So uh, looking forward to hearing more. Uh, uh, one of the final questions I have is the area of packing, what to leave, what to bring. Uh, so I know you have a few months left, but uh, uh, what are your must-haves that you know you're going to be bringing on this RV adventure? Well, definitely my laptop. Uh, I am trying to cut down on my son's screen time a bit, but we will still be bringing his iPad. Um, I know we're going to need that. I'm also trying to figure out what we need from a curriculum standpoint, and I'm going to be bringing that with us. Uh, clothes, one of the things that I've learned is, let's face it, we all go to the lake or wherever, we pack this big bag, and then we find our most comfortable thing, and we wear it for the whole time, right? But then we go somewhere, and we think that we need to pack 17 options for everything. We're not doing that. <laughs> we're just going to pack the minimum and layers and things because we're going to be kind of chasing the sun. So we're hopefully not going to experience winter. <laughs> this is my hope. <laughs> I think I am <laughs> flying back at Christmas, but we'll have clothes here. We can deal when we get here. But um, the other thing that I've really tried to keep in mind is that while the U.S. may not have very much Wi-Fi, they do have lots of Walmarts. So mm. I'm trying to remember if, it, if I have a question, whether I'll need it, don't take it because I'm going to pass 8,000 places that I can buy almost anything that we don't need. But if you bring it and you don't need it, you're, you're dragging that thing along with you until you get home. So that's going to be my big thing. Like I've been trying to think, well, am I going to mostly cook inside my trailer or do I need a barbecue grill? Well, Yes, a barbecue grill would be nice, but it's one more thing that I have to pack and unpack every two days when we're moving, right? So right now, I'm saying I'm not going to take one. I'm going to deal with what I have, and then if I am two weeks down the road and I really, really want one, well, there will be tons of places that I can go and buy one. So that's kind of what I'm trying to do on everything is just really say, do I need this? Can I think of at least 10 times that I'm going to use this before... I put it in the trailer because it's tiny. Um, it doesn't have a ton of space. So we're going to be really trying to minimize everything we take because I don't want to have to move it and figure out where to put it. So that's, and we're not bringing a television. I had to break that to my son because he saw that all of the uh, trailer or the RV parks have cable television. He's like, mom, we'll have cable television. I'm like, well, that requires a television. So no, we won't. <laughs> There's no television on this trip. Well, the beautiful thing is that laptops become almost like a TV. Like, uh, uh, you know, you can watch Netflix, you can watch YouTube, you can uh, learn about the world through the beauty of our modern-day television, which is our laptops, our smartphones, our tablets, right? Exactly. 
So Mary, uh, you're, you're leaving this fall uh, at the time of recording, we're just in the summer. Uh, what needs to happen between now and departure date? Um, you know, what all the stuff do you still need to do? Um, well, for the homeschooling, I have to write a learning plan and get it approved by the Calgary Board of Education. So um, even though I'm a writer, that still is a big kind of a big thing for me because I'm not a teacher. But uh, the great thing is, is I have a lot of friends who are willing to help me with that. And there's a lot of supports in place. So that's a big thing where actually my son and I are going to meet with uh, the homeschooling people on Wednesday to get uh, conditional approval until we get the learning plan in place. So that's a big thing. Um, I need to figure out the data situation. I, I just need, I'm gonna, I wanna keep my phone in Canada, but with Rome Like Home, it seems like it would be a very large expense to do that, so we'll see. I'm gonna talk to some different people and see what I'm gonna do, but I need to kind of nail that down. And um, yeah, that's those are the biggest things. And like I said, some appointments, making sure that we have our teeth cleaned and eyes checked and rabies vaccination for my dog before we go, just because I don't want to get to the border and have to turn around and come home because there's something we didn't remember to do, right? Um, I also need to decide whether I'm going to pre-book all of our RV spots or just believe that because it's on shoulder season that it will be okay. I've heard both ways, but I kind of, Part of this trip is I kind of want to plan, but if we decide, if the road takes us somewhere, or if we see a sign that says world's largest ball of twine that way, that we can turn <laughs> and go. Like we're not <laughs> so set with what we want to do that we we say no. Um, yeah, so that's, I don't know, that's most of it. And, and buying any curriculums that we need for homeschooling, I'm gonna do that before we leave. But mostly, it's just more about packing everything up and going. Um, without much room to pack anything, it really de decreases how much you have to do ahead of time because it won't fit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. Uh, prepared spontaneity. So you're prepared, but you're willing to uh, change things as they come with being flexible exactly. and adaptable. Uh, so uh, you also are a writer, as you mentioned. Uh, you have a travel blog. And uh, I'm sure you've been writing mostly about Calgary and Alberta until now, but uh, you're going to be writing all over the U.S. So tell us a little bit more about your blogging journey. When did you start it? Uh, what have you been writing about? And what do you, where do you think your blog is going to go uh, now that you're going to take the blog on the road with you? Okay. Uh, I started writing in 2006. I, it was right after I moved to Calgary. And I was talking to my family, and they all thought I lived in an igloo and rode around on a dog sled. So I started this blog to show them what we did in Calgary. None of them read it. None of them. But other people started to. So I thought, hey, this blogging thing's pretty cool. So I've been blogging for a really long time. Uh, I've kind of morphed into a lifestyle blog. So I do post recipes and different things. Um, I knew that that was going to be hard to maintain while I was on the road because I'm not going to be doing very much like adventurous cooking while I'm in my <laughs> tiny little kitchen. And so I have hired a contributor to be a recipe contributor while I'm away. Um, that was an outlay of money that I wasn't completely sure I needed to do. But for right now, there's a lot of people who follow my blog for recipes. So it was a way to kind of do what I want to do, but also keep my blog readers happy. Um, I do think it'll change my blog because I'll be writing a lot more about travel. 
I do write about travel here in Alberta, but I also like this year we went to Vietnam last year. We went to Thailand and Bali. Um, like I said, we've been to Mexico quite a few times. So I've wrote about all of those and through the years. So they, they know that I write travel, but uh, it'll be interesting. I'm also going to write about homeschooling. Uh, I've written about my son a bit in the past uh, with his journey with ADHD and trying to find a school that really uh, worked for him and actually doing that. So it'll be interesting to see how homeschooling works for him and to share that with my readers. That's one of the things I've had to learn over the years is a lot of people would say, stop making your blog so personal, make it more magazine-like and, and solve a problem and those kind of things. You, you've probably heard that exact advice, right? Mm -hmm. But then I figured out while that does bring traffic, the people who read my blog religiously and don't just find it on Pinterest or wherever, they want to hear about me. They don't want it to be more magazine-like. So I've tried to really swing that pendulum back and make it more about me and what my family's doing and our struggles and what, um, what we're kind of doing at the time. So I think that this trip is going to be a renaissance of that a, a bit because sometimes I feel like it's hard to have something to write about when you're just doing the mundane life thing. Like nobody wants to hear about me taking my kid to the bus, but with this, it'll be able to talk more about what we're doing and growing as a family, which I think my blog readers really enjoy. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm also working on my new press kit and uh, pitching some brands and some different things to work along the way because it'll change how I do that a bit because I won't have an address to, for them to send stuff to, but I'm hoping that it'll still give me the ability to work with brands and, you know, in a really authentic way, uh, just maybe a little bit different than I have in the past. Awesome. I'm seeing, I'm looking forward to seeing where your blog takes you and I'm looking forward to the journey ahead. Uh, so Mary, uh, you know, you've shared a wealth of information about preparation uh, for other people who are maybe thinking of doing a similar trip and they can't convince their husband. Do you have any parting words just to uh, inspire other families, other listeners to get on the road like you're about to do? I think my biggest uh, piece of advice would be to kind of flex what you think it needs to look like. Because for a long time, for me, what it looked like was selling everything we owned because that way it would allow us to go to somewhere like Bali or Thailand or whatever and live for quite a long time without having to figure out the work aspect and whatever. And it would give us a, a chance to do that without it being so hard. Well, I couldn't get my husband to agree to that. So I had to kind of open my mind and say, okay, that right isn't going to work right now, but what might work right now? So what, what can I change in my mindset to make this work for us? And for me, that was going to the U.S. and not being a complete world schooler. I mean, it's, it's still in North America, but it's still different than our today. So I think that's one of the things is, you know, read all the Facebook pages, see what everybody else is doing, but know that their journey is not your journey and figure out what you need to do to get on the road. And maybe it doesn't even mean doing it full time, but try to put your vacation days together so you can go somewhere for three weeks instead of two weeks. Instead of going on that Mexican all-inclusive vacation, look and see if you can go to Asia because I will tell you it is not that more, much more expensive, though people think it is. 
and experience those cultures. Go where maybe you don't speak the language or it's a very different culture from what you do. I'm a firm believer that you can learn from even short experiences. You just have to be willing to get outside your comfort zone and go do them. Wow, such a, yeah, I definitely agree with the, all those things. I kept nodding my head and saying, yeah, definitely, 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 definitely. Because everyone's journey is different. And, you know, you it's so easy for us to get jealous and envious and, um, like, just wanting to do what everyone else has done. But it doesn't have to be that way. Every family, every individual, they travel differently. And I'm glad that you've actually taken that step or those steps to actually make this travel dream come true. And uh, the travel dream will always continually change. And uh, I wish you well in this journey ahead and I look forward to following along. Thank you. So Mary, uh, in closing, uh, tell us, uh, tell the uh, listeners, the viewers, how can they find you and follow along on your preparation and on your departure? Uh, you can find me on my blog. My name is Mary, M-E-R-R-Y. So it's maryabouttown.com. And you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, all those places at Mary, M-E-R-R-Y, 120. So M-E-R-R-Y-120. And I'll have lots of pictures and stories all along there. And as she says on her blog, it's just like how it's spelled and it's in her passport too. Yes, it is. <laughs> so thank you so much for uh, the wealth of wisdom and knowledge and insights. Uh, wishing you the best in this uh, adventure to come. And we look forward to hearing more. Thanks. I can't wait to catch up with you in a few months. Yeah. So uh, for the sake of the listeners, make sure you tune in to episode number two. And uh, we'll be doing the after interview. And uh, 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 as well, if you're listening, make sure you uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, make sure you leave us a rating and a review. Subscribe to us on our YouTube channel because we do both audio and video versions of these interviews. And uh, spread the love, you know. Uh, the other people want to make their travel dreams come true. And uh, hopefully this podcast can help you with education, support, and community. Thanks, everyone.